how do we approach designing a not even a postmodernist era, but post postmodernism? I'm just excited about the fact that nothing ever can replace human interaction like that. There's still a lot of discussion and a lot of real effort that everyone needs to make. Hello, and welcome to the Theatre Art Life podcast, sponsored by ClearCom, the leader in voice communications, theatre, and the performing arts. Call your cues with the simplicity and elegance of ClearCom Intercom Solutions. The Theatre Art Life podcast puts the spotlight on those who create live entertainment around the world, the culture creators and the backstage masters. My name is Anna Robb. Today we're talking with Melanie May. Born and raised in Colombia, Melanie May is a scenic designer and art director, now working also as a professor in Bogota. Her sensibility pursues to create rich and compelling universes through visual storytelling. Recent credits include The Brief and Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow, Lords presented at the New Ohio Theatre's Ice Factory, On This Side of the World, a new musical about the Filipino immigrant experience, Lost Girls from Netflix and Sundance, and Henry V by Sahim Ali. Melanie has also done a Master of Fine Arts at NYU Teach Design for Stage and Film. Melanie, welcome to the show. Hi, Anna. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us from all the way from Bogota today. <laughs> Tell us about the pathway that led you to a career in performing arts. Well, I had to go back all the way to my childhood, I believe. I don't like to say I was a child star, but I used to sing as a kid, as a young kid in a group of friends. Um, but we actually toured in, in stuff, you know, locally where I grew up which was not in Bogota, but that allowed me to be in close contact with the center stage, basically, uh, growing up. But when I came of age, I realized how much safer I felt backstage and every single detail that entailed, you know, producing a show. So I was very interested in designing things. It was a bit of a struggle with my parents because they, they are both lawyers. So they were expecting me basically to either follow their path or go to med school, which I thought of <laughs> at some point. But I was... What a, is this performing arts career you talk about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. So I, I, you know, had to be brave about it and just go for it. And I found a really interesting program in Universidad de los Andes, which I currently work at, but I'll get later to that because they didn't specialize in any specific area of design, uh, but they had all of these classes that you could just take and, and explore design as a lifestyle, I'd like to say, as opposed as a right way to approach, you know, a discipline. Right when I graduated, I uh, started working in advertising at a very prestigious agency here. And I didn't really, I, I, I never really felt it was like the right place or the right, you know, setup for me. So I went back to a mentor of mine 
And he was like, well, I think you've always loved storytelling. And then he started to talk about theater, which I didn't have the habit of going, you know, to shows or anything growing up uh, in the same way I, I had with movies. Um, so I went back and started working as an assistant for him and some of his theater friends here in Colombia. And after I reached, I don't know, three years later, a certain amount of experience and projects that we have done, I reached a ceiling and I said, I need to explore and see how it's done within, you know, a real industry setup. So that's how I ended up in NYU. What made you um, choose uh, NYU as as the education, tertiary education that you that you went to? It was my only. I mean, I researched for some other schools in Europe and even South America, uh, but I really liked the way they conceived an experiential program for the students. Um, so. They're a really well-oiled machine where you have a production each year and they pair you up with other collaborators. So collaboration for them is at the center and, and actual experience is is what they aim for. And they have all of these other departments within Tisch that we get to work with. So I was just like blown away. <laughs> <laughs> and is that where you sort of lent more into the scenic design art direction field? Um, did you do sort of all of the disciplines of design in, in that course? Like lighting and... Yeah, no. I specialised in set and production design, so specifically theatre and film, but dealing with space, which now I think it's, you know, really ambitious in terms of scale because when you... Um, design costumes, I mean, it's, you know, hard and way harder sometimes. But when you design costumes, you are dealing with the, you know, measurements and proportions of your own body. But when you're dealing with space, it's like, it's it's just a different logic. Uh, but I, you know, I always love big challenges. <laughs> <laughs> Infinite variations when you're dealing with space, right? <laughs> yes, Absolutely. In your um, recent credits, you've done you've done Lost Girls and theatre. Lost Girls is a TV show, correct? Yeah, it's a it's a film. It's a right, yeah, a feature. And so, so tell us the tell us the difference between for you from a designer perspective with regards to what what's the main differences between te- film, television, and theatre from a design perspective? I believe film requires to craft a different level of realities and and a different level of attention to detail, which I love because, you know, the camera can get as closer to anything as you can imagine. Um, so that's what, quite challenging, but it also entails the work of more people. So the collaboration experience is also extended, and I really like that about film. And theater, you you get to be, you know, more imaginative in a way, just because when you get into the stage as an audience member, you're prepared to be surprised, basically. So 
to me, that would be the main difference working as, as a designer. Where do you start in your creative process? Like describe what your creative process is when you get given a project uh, right through to delivery. What does that look like for you? And how do you start on that creativity? You know, it all starts with a text. And I feel like the text is that cornerstone. You can always get back to when you are in doubt about what decision to make um, for the play or the production or the film. But I am also, because of my background, I tend to be very graphic about things. So a lot of what inspires me is how graphic design looks in a certain time period or a certain art movement or according to... So I, I kind of abstract graphically images and, and things I'm inspired by. And it's, a, and it's an ongoing process, you know, back and forth with the text and the images you have. And also when you're dealing with actors, you have to understand or, or to look closer how, to, how body moves and, and what gestures the character need to make. And also how to enrich a conversation around diversity and different elements that can permeate um, the storytelling. Great. And do you sort of, when you say you uh, work on the graphics, do you draw them? Are you doing that on a, on a program? Like where do you, what's that physical expression of, of those ideas? Yeah, it, it's either illustration, but I don't try to represent anything in particular, but just to um, abstract something that I can turn into another thing later. So I don't know if I see a pattern in a carpet, let's say, then I, I like to tease with how can that become someone, something else like a set piece or, or something like that. Mm. I'm always amazed when I speak to designers because you can tell them, like, <laughs> they just look at everything around them and be like, oh, there's an idea, there's an idea, there's an awareness, a visual awareness that I think <laughs> is really a lovely um, mindset, which I think a lot of people in the performing arts see and mm -hmm. understand too. You know, our actors will observe people for inspiration and they will right. see a see a character on the street that, that inspires their, their performance as well. It's the, uh, that's why I'm a, I'm a big fan of, like, that's why uh, I think arts is such a, mm -hmm. a fundamental need in, in education so people can see the world in that way, right? I think it's really, yes. really important. Yeah. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I would, when we'll get to, you know, your teaching in Bogota soon, but I wanted to mention first uh I had I looked up the On This Side of the World, which is a musical about the Filipino immigrant experience, and I hadn't heard about this uh, musical. So, so tell us about wh where was that performed and, and how did you get involved in that one? I met this amazing director called Noam Shapiro. And I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. So Noam, I met Noam through school and he introduced me to this amazing Filipino composer, named uh, Polo or Paulo Tirol and they had you know a, a workshop that in which they wanted to try and and bring this first production to the stage uh, so it was presented at this little theater 
in the Lower East Side that I can't even remember the name right now. And and I don't know if it exists anymore. You know, after the pandemic, everything just changed so much. So yeah, they, they presented this idea to me in which there's there's this box that Filipino people uh, send to their to their family members that are living outside and 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 in the other way around as well, in which they you know just it's the box is filled with um, small reminders of of uh, the life back home and. It's just such a a beautiful and universal experience where you when you know being an immigrant that I fell in love with the story and the music and you know since I had this musical background as well I we immediately connected and and we try to bring this story to life. Amazing. And so you were the scenic designer for that? Yes, I was a scenic designer for for the very first, you know, version of the of the play and and now they're trying to make more workshops and they you know redefine it um and hopefully they can produce it again soon. And so did you jump from that to law schools? Like how did how did the law schools opportunity come about? So teaching, you mean? No, Lost Girls, the the movie. Oh, how, Lost did, Girls, how did that yeah. opportunity? Yeah. <laughs> well, I I've been moving back and forth from film and theater because I really enjoy the intersections that design has. Uh, so I I wouldn't want to just stick to one. I love how you know the many possibilities there are in in both fields and everything in between. Um, so I was working on this immersive experience project in New York when uh, you know some of the producers of this famous play that I can't remember either um, at the McKittrick Hotel uh, Sleep No More yes so I was working yes. not at Sleep No More specifically but with some of the producers in their new project and this like big name production designer of women that I really admired which is Patricia von Brandenstein. Uh, she was looking for an assistant for that project. So I jumped in and then I quickly understood how, you know, just the film industry works. And Patricia had to leave the project. So another amazing production designer named Lisa Myers jumped in and we connected very well. So I stayed in the team and... It, it was it was good. It was a, a really good story that based on a on a real book where you know some girls from Long Island uh, disappeared. So it's basically the reconstruction of how one of their mothers is fighting for knowing what happened to them. And now a note from our sponsor. The Theatre Art Life podcast is proud to be sponsored by Clearcom. Clearcom is the leader in voice communications for theatre and the performing arts. Call your cues with the simplicity and elegance of Clearcom Intercom Solutions. You can find them at C-L-E-A-R-C-O-M dot com. Go check them out. 
what was then that took you back to Bogota? Was it to teach or how, how did you head back there? Or not so, back there because you didn't grow up there, right? Yeah, not not exactly. I came back to Colombia because of COVID, basically. Uh, I was in, in the middle of, you know, renewing my working permit and all of these things that as, as foreigners we'll, we need just to do in the U.S. if we want to work there. So I decided to come back. I basically couldn't afford to stay in New York. So that's, you know, also a, a reality that you have to just Expensive face. place to live. Yes. <laughs> so um, I came back and and I was waiting for, you know, things to move forward. But, you know, two years after that and nothing else happened. So I had to reinvent myself. And while I was waiting for things to unfold, I was um, offered by former professor of mine. I was offered a, a position in teaching as an adjunct faculty in the program I'm currently, or I graduated from. I had to, you know, come up with a design class uh, from scratch. <laughs> so it was a wonderful time to look at look back at what I've done or what I had done to that point and see and just reflect on okay so if I had to teach what I know to a young person an undergraduate student how would I do it so out of that you know time and space that I had to reflect uh, I came up with two wonderful elective courses that were really popular among the students. And yeah, one one of them is called Metafictions. And it's basically, it, it deconstructs beautifully production design films into ca- categories and, and like a clear way of understanding how production design is done so that students can not only appreciate, but also dissect and somehow um, reproduce some of the exercises as production designers we do, you know, in order to design a film. And the second one was about how to design spaces as if they were characters. And the class is called Soulful Spaces. And... It was it was really beautiful because understanding the the position we are now in the world and where the conversation is at this point about diversity, I thought it was really important to integrate that into not only design as you know me being a person of color, you know just goes through, but also in in teaching design students because it's so important to for them to understand other cultures, other ways of living, other communities and and so that their work or the the work they're eventually going to develop uh respects that and and you know just gets enriched by it. So yeah, that's that's my philosophy as a professor. 
I love that. I want to do the course about space as a character. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's really interesting. I think that's a it's a it's an interesting way to approach design too. I think it, that's something that like the description of that resonates with me because I I feel like when you design it as a character, or you know, like you said, with diverse perspectives, there's so much um, in people with who have the ability to express their 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 view and that's the uniqueness of diversity right um if you're just going to learn what has been done in the past and and repeat it then then we're not being creative are we so um absolutely I think that yeah and I think it's really interesting so uh, that you that you get to provoke that because there's value in their perspective and their story and their their approach right most definitely and and I think um it's it's great to it's a great moment to be a designer right now because design is one of those disciplines that is very rooted in tradition specifically you know modernist tradition so how do we approach design in a not even a postmodernist era but post postmodernism so we need to you know, speak about other things and and uh, put the spotlight on on you know different cultures and what makes us different and and I really I think that's really important um, being a, a young designer. So I I cherish those spaces. <laughs> yeah, which is also interesting. I mean, because what do you think about the evolution of? Um you know, AI, I I know a lot of people, there's been a bit of a buzz in sort of, um, originally people like, well, AI will never replace creativity, right? But now there's these programs where you type in a few (laughs) words and you can get these crazy designs, right? And and, Mm -hmm. uh, how do you feel about that evolution within a design world? I feel it's jarring. Uh, I think it's something that as designers we just need to cope with <laughs> and and not only cope with but I feel like maybe when photography was invented people had something or like a similar experience uh, you know with these new technologies I don't think that's ever going to replace um, the work of a designer and and the process of collaboration so Having that as a cornerstone of my own life, I I think we just need to explore it, understand it, and maybe finding ways to also make our work better through these technologies and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think like let the design and design, but the having AI be able to, if you were able to feed AI your design and then have them do the construction drawings, great. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I don't I don't think they can do that. And they won't. Not I mean, yet. But, it, but, but I mean, it, there's, there's, there's not a, there will be a reality where that, that is possible, right? The, the, the way that AI is moving, we, it's, it's, uh, it's just incredible. Uh, it, like you said, it's a little bit jarring because you, you feel like with my little small brain, I can't <laughs> keep up with. And, and that's the thing about yes. AI. It learns 10 times faster than, a million times faster than humans. So it's, it's, it's just an intimidating concept. It's got, I think the, yeah. the goal is to, to control it, you know, and, and utilize it to our advantage. I feel you. I completely understand that. But <laughs> I'm just excited about the fact that nothing ever can replace human interaction like that. I mean, maybe 
you know, a thousand years from now, my statement is going to be a silly one. But right now, I think it's not going to cause, you know, terrible damage to our profession. Yeah. Nor should we want it to, you know, like I think mm-hmm. that's the thing. The, we shouldn't, the the whole, especially when you come to live theatre, there's that visceral thing of being exactly. able to see people on stage, you know, and, and, and that energy on stage. So it's, that's exactly. hard to replace. <laughs> yes. So do you, do you have a favourite project thus far and, and tell us what has been your most favourite project that you've done? Yeah, I, I am going to go back to the intersections answer my favorite last project that I did I have two but I can I can talk about there's this contest uh food contest I I was trying to find a more sophisticated word but it's basically the Olympics for chefs uh it's called the Bocuse d'Or it's held in France and it's a contest that was founded by Paul Bocuse, who is, you know, one of France's most reputed chefs. And each year, the countries have an opportunity to compete first within their continent for a place to the final, which is in France. So on 2021, I was part of Colombia's team and I worked for about four months with this crazy group of chefs that had wild ideas, but that that needed to find one or or to build a story around um, their recipes and their creations and their proposal for the contest in general. Uh, So I got to make the illustration of the food and make the platter, which it, it looks basically like a, a model, a scale model of, you know, a space. So it, I the reason I loved it so much is because uh, within that I could find how my skills as a production designer and set designer could be valued outside of those industries. And how real is the fact that storytelling permeates all aspects and all disciplines and and that's what I like that's what I love about what I do and about being a designer oh that sounds like an amazing project yeah well wow that's such a different that's like a step (laughs) step to the left but uh, a good one yeah (laughs) and and in the the same way in speaking about process that you asked before I I had to do a model I had to make the renderings and and I had to make you know prototypes of the little props that the food was going to be placed in and it was a lot of fun that's amazing uh so so we always finish uh, the podcast with two two of the same questions so I'm going to ask you uh, these questions now what do you like most about your job or the industry the social aspect of it I love meeting people that are curious about the same things uh and that can you know be blown away about a little seam or the way a pattern is laid out on the wall or the way the wall meets the glass or the window pane I really love that (laughs) (laughs) the nerdy part about that I love it (laughs) (laughs) yes 
getting excited about connections. I love it. Um, <laughs> and if you could change one thing about your job and the industry, what would that be? I think I would like it to be more horizontal as opposed to how vertical it is still, especially being a woman, especially being a woman working or trying to work on set and production design, which are historically professions that uh, men have taken the lead on and especially being a woman of color, of course. I think we're going there, but there's still a lot of discussion and a lot of real effort that everyone needs to make, you know, myself included. So do you, how do you think that that um, could be advanced uh, faster than, you know, you know, I know, I know that uh, it's become a, a very um, big topic that's permeated the industry, which is fantastic. What do you think, you know, as somebody from your perspective, what, what would you suggest who people are in this industry could or should do to assist in that transition to making it more horizontal? I love the way um, the United States in general has this working culture in which all of these spaces are, at least as ideas or ideals, are taking center stage. That's not, we are not here in Colombia at the same space and time, you know, of this conversation as over there. So I think one of the, one of the things that are, well, there are many great things, but one of them is how um, there are a lot of groups of designers or affiliations of people that have um, surged you know, from from these conversations. I've been part of some of them, such as La Gente Network, which is an association or a network of, of Latino designers. And uh, there's Design Action, which is a broader group of stop, very well-established designers in the theater industry specifically. They have written about this. They have... Um, started different initiatives that really put other people that are underrepresented in the industry on the spotlight, and that's been great. There are, you know, these conversations that we're having now, like having this space at, at this podcast, and things like that, I think, really help. And on a more, you know, specific role-taking, uh, I would say that we need more allies. We need more people that are in the power or like taking these leading roles to step to the side and, and speak up about these things and say, we need to have equal pay or we need to have the same amount of uh, female designers as male designers or, you know, everything in between. So the more of that we have, the the further in the conversation we're going to get. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's a that's a fantastic answer. Melanie, thank you so much for joining us on the Theatre Out Life podcast. It's been a pleasure to meet you and get to know your story. Thank you. Thank you, Anna, for having me. And, and well, I hope you and everyone who listens to this 
uh, gets a little bit inspired and enjoyed our conversation. Great. And best of luck for your upcoming projects and your ongoing teaching. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Same for you. Theatre at Life is a global media site for entertainment. Memberships start at only $38 US per year. You can have unlimited access to our daily published articles, including entertainment news and the writings of active industry professionals, ensuring that you are always up to date on the global happenings in the world of entertainment. Become a part of the international entertainment community and join us now at www.theaterartlife.com.